Hey everyone, and welcome back to the IPHO podcast. I'm Brian, and currently the Global Regulatory Affairs Fellow at Alexion, AstraZeneca Rare Disease, and I'll be hosting monthly episodes here on the IPHO podcast. My goal is to have guests on every episode that will help me provide you, the listener, with a podcast that can help facilitate professional growth and provide tools that can help you become a successful industry professional. We tackle a variety of subjects here on the IPHO podcast, ranging from preparation for mid-year to how to leverage appy experiences and so much more. I really hope you find these episodes helpful. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the IPHO podcast. This is your host, Brian Arana Madrid, currently the second year fellow at Alexion AstraZeneca Rare Disease. And I'm sad to say, but today marks the end of a chapter for the IPHO podcast, but also the start of a new one. Today, I will be hosting my last episode for the IPHO podcast. I know everybody don't cry too much, um, but we'll also be introducing our newest host, Rita. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Brian. Yeah, thank you so much for making the time out of your day to kind of join us and get us started on this new chapter of the IPHO podcast. For the listeners, this episode is going to cover a little bit about Rita's journey into fellowship and her plans for the future of the IPHO podcast, which I'm extremely excited about. But before we dive right in, I want to give a brief background on Rita. Rita is a rotational regulatory affairs fellow at Amgen, affiliated with the Rutgers Institute for Pharmaceutical Industry. She's ethnically Egyptian. She was raised in Dubai and then moved to Boston to complete her six-year PharmD program at Northeastern University, which is kind of like me. I've been everywhere. So we're little nomads together, right? Um, so we're going to go straight ahead and dive right in. So Rita, let's start with some background on yourself. What made you c- pursue a career in pharmacy? Yeah, um, you know, as a global citizen, I lived and studied in three continents. So like you mentioned, I'm ethnically Egyptian. I was actually born in the U.S. And then I was raised in Dubai and traveled all the way to Boston in 2017 to pursue my dream of, you know, becoming a pharmacist. And I feel like that really helped me adapt to different cultures and just work across diverse teams. And I actually come from a family of pharmacists. So both my grandpas, my father, my uncle, my aunt, my cousin. So as you can see, I was exposed to, you know, the pharmacy world very early on. And I was always interested in the healthcare field and had such a strong passion for helping people um, from a very young age. So I think, you know, growing up in this home where both parents worked in the pharmaceutical industry shaped this passion um, early on towards biotech. And I was naturally exposed to topics and conversations over dinner about healthcare gaps, unmet medical needs, which basically just became common language for me. And I feel like this just made me more and more curious because I started imagining myself just creating solutions in my head during my free time for these unmet medical needs. And then also searching up treatments for untreated diseases. And before starting pharmacy school, I always had this deep interest in how drugs are manufactured and made through clinical trials. And I long imagined, you know, my contribution. And after realizing what uh, makes me the most satisfied through reading a lot of different books, just exposing myself to different people with different careers, I realized that my ambition is to be a part of this bigger powerhouse that works to improve health globally and just bring healthier lives to millions of people. 
Yeah, which makes a lot of sense, right? Having that direct access, but also being um, curious, I think really takes individuals a step further. And having that diverse background also gave you these ideas, right? Like what different people are doing and how they approach certain uh, topics. I think that's extremely important. Like someone like myself, I grew up in Miami, very culturally diverse place, but I've been moved around like yourself, Vancouver, Miami, Atlanta, Boston, and you just meet a lot of new people. So that's a great background, um, especially on your story of how you got started. So we'll transition a little bit to um, the activities that you were involved in in pharmacy school. What were your major interests while you were in pharmacy school? Yeah, so my first experience actually within the pharmaceutical industry was in 2017. Um, I worked as a communications intern and it was focused on diabetes, but I remember how badly I didn't want that one month internship to end just because of how much I was learning and I I felt like I was in my happy place. Um, I was also involved in my uh, school's pharmacy student alliance group. So that was it was called the NUPSA, um, where I participated and organized fundraising events and also maintained relations with members. And then I was also a national member of IPHO. So, yeah, I feel like this really heavily exposed me to the pharmaceutical industry and just allowed me to start networking early on by, you know, exchanging my contacts. And I used my LinkedIn account as a way to maintain these relationships over the years. Um, and then at Northeastern, we did have two elective rotations um, during, you know, appy season. So I was able to leverage those into two appy rotations um, within the pharmaceutical industry. And you know, on top of that, I also was able to take a regulatory affairs um, training program course online. It was with the Duke University School of Medicine, and I highly recommend it to anyone interested in regulatory specifically. Yeah, and it, and it sounds like you really kept an open mind. Um, And I think that's something that's extremely important is when you step into pharmacy school, some people like yourself may have kind of that um, exposure of, hey, you know, there's this avenue of pharmaceutical industry. Maybe you knew about other things, but people that go into pharmacy school, I would say most times not, they don't have any idea what's outside of retail (laughs) and hospital, right? So what I always tell pharmacy students, and you did it on your own, is join organizations, kind of be involved, talk to people see outside of your school what opportunities are there because there's so much to learn and it's all about the effort that you put in right and it sounds like you really went above and beyond in terms of trying to figure out your best path forward and that's something that i i really harp on when i speak to students now something that i really want to talk about is a defining moment right we all have that moment where it's like hey this is what i want to do and this is why so can you kind of walk us through a defining moment or experience that really push you towards a career in the pharmaceutical industry A hundred percent. Yeah. Thanks for that question, Brian. So I think through my work experiences related to pharmacy, I actually remember this very specific moment at a Walgreens specialty pharmacy in Boston that I worked out for one of my co-ops, which is basically a prolonged IPI. So instead of it being a few weeks, it was four months. And I remember I just couldn't stop looking through the products on the shelf. And I kept thinking like, okay, these are all like the end products, right? Like my curiosity was how to these products were being created. How did they end up on the shelf? And I just had this like really stimulating urge to just know more about this process. So I think like as a result, my constant contact with the drug development process during school just grew my, grew my curiosity towards that. And it's something that really excites me. And I think I'm stimulated by drug development strategies and regulations. And I'm just inspired by transforming patient-focused innovation into life-changing treatments on a global level. So that's how when I decided that, okay, like I, 
a career in pharma and biotech is my pathway. And even though I did actually know that I did want to pursue pharma from day one of like PP1, um, I also had the opportunity to work at two hospitals for two of my co-ops. And I feel like that really further confirmed my decision. Um, and I would say after trying out community institutional uh, pharmacy roles, those experiences really allowed me to understand that those roles were not for me. And I'm a person that just thrives on change and creativity and the repetitiveness of those roles assured me that, you know, my skills would be most suitable for a role within the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think it all goes back again to keeping that open mind, right? You, even though you kind of had an idea of what you were curious with, what your strengths were, and you decided, hey, I want to do X, Y, and Z for my career. You also didn't say, well, since I want to do this, I don't want to try other things. And I think when you do those other things, it really just puts that battery in your back of, this is actually what I want to do. I'm thankful for these experiences. They may not be the greatest, but I have an idea of what I'm getting myself into. So I think um, even within your your kind of defining moment, you also still allowed yourself to kind of see through what's happening and how you can create the best lane for yourself and in with your career. So, you know, you had that defining moment. You decided pharma and biotech is what you want to do. What made you decide to uh, pursue a career in regulatory specifically? And what skill sets and qualities made you feel you uh, that regulatory was the right place for you? Yeah, 100%. I completely agree. I think being curious and having that open mind, you know, is is very important. And sometimes experiences that, you know, you don't enjoy, I think they're still very valuable because they show you that at least that's not for you. So you you end up gaining something from that. Um, But yeah, regarding your question. So like I mentioned, uh, all throughout pharmacy school, I did know that pharma was the way I wanted to, you know, pursue my career in pharmacy. But then the main gold question, I guess, was where exactly did I want to pursue a career in this field? And just made me feel like, yes, like this is me and just, you know, get excited about reading the position. So I think regulatory affairs is one of the very few professions that plays such a critical role throughout the entire development and commercialization of medicines. And it's one thing to read laws and regulations and guidances, but then it's another thing completely to actually see them implemented and then to learn how to implement them as well in real world situations from the perspective of a regulatory affairs um, field. So I think also having conversated with multiple regulatory professionals about their day-to-day roles um, in regulatory affairs, that further solidified my decision because my key takeaway from those conversations is that the role of a regulatory professional is the crucial link not only between the company and their products, but also um, regulatory health authorities and then ultimately our patients. So I think this broad, high-level perspective on drug development from preclinical testing to submitting an IND to early clinical trials to NDA submissions. So all of that, all the way to commercial and drug marketing is super attractive to me, um, especially that we ensure that the product moves forward and then reaches the patient. So the other aspect um, of regulatory is the creativity and strategy that goes into it. So pinpointing which drug approval pathway regarding, you know, different health authorities like the EMA, Health Canada, the FDA, which one would be the best fit for the drug's pathway and approval. And for the second part of your question, I have a very detailed and solution-oriented mindset, and I also have a great sense of emotional intelligence and the ability to collaborate. So I think that's super important, you know, both internally with cross-functional teams and then externally with diverse stakeholders. And those are key qualities in regulatory affairs since we deal with almost every department in pharma and also, of course, with um, agencies constantly. 
Yeah, I mean, I can go on. We can do a whole other episode on <laughs> regulatory. And um, sure. I agree with you 100%. Um, but something I really want to touch on just for anyone that's interested in regulatory while we're on this topic, I think one of the most important things that, that Rita said in that was um, the emotional intelligence component and the ability to collaborate. At the end of the day, no one can do anything without reg, the same way we cannot do anything without medical, the same way we can't do anything without clinical. Um, but you're going to be working amongst these uh, subject matter experts, as we call them within the industry or SMEs, on a daily basis, and they're going to rely on you heavily. And if you can't work with that group or you can't work with people, you're really setting your program up for failure. So I think that's really a, a, a very important point that I really wanted to highlight um, in, in Rita's response to that question, something that a lot of you need to keep in mind when you're thinking about what actual functional area you want to pursue, think about the qualities that you possess and the ones that your skill set will allow you to be the best at. And I think that's uh, the highlight from that answer because we don't want to spend all episode on regulatory, which I know Rita and I can do <laughs> very easily. Uh, now, for those that did not catch at the beginning of the episode, uh, Rita, like I mentioned, will be the new IPHO podcast host, which I'm so excited about. Rita, what made you want to take on this new role? Yeah, that's a great question, honestly. So I have several reasons that made me want to take on this new role. Um, I have such a deep passion for the pharmaceutical industry. And I feel like, you know, hosting this podcast would just allow me to share my enthusiasm and insights just with a wider audience. And I also have always been the person that just never gatekeeps, you know, whether it's like where I get my clothes from or any good deal I got on something. I feel like I have the desire to always share information. And I feel like hosting this podcast provides me with this opportunity to really disseminate valuable information about industry trends, career paths within um, the pharmaceutical industry, um, developments to pharmacy professionals and students. So, you know, I'm extremely motivated to educate and, and inform other people within this field and also to keep learning from others. So I think I have very strong um, communication skills and I really enjoy learning about other pharmacy professionals and their journeys as well. So Hosting the, this podcast would allow me to refine the skill and then also engage with listeners and guests. And I think lastly, that this opportunity will most definitely contribute to not just my personal growth, but my professional growth. And it's going to challenge me to step outside my comfort zone and develop new skills while, while contributing to the pharmaceutical industry profession. Yeah, and I think those are a lot of the same things that I thought of. So, um, you know, when we spoke about this opportunity, um, I knew that you'd be the appropriate person. And we'll dive into kind of some of the other things that you're doing outside of the IPHO podcast. Um, just for the listeners to get a, a good idea of your vision. So what is your vision for the IPHO podcast? And why did you feel as this was the right platform to carry on with this vision? Yeah, so to be honest, I do have so many ideas for the IPHO podcast. I want to provide valuable insights into the pharmaceutical industry, like emerging trends, pharma updates, research breakthroughs, and so much more. I just want to help listeners stay up to date with the latest developments within the industry, just ensuring that everyone's aware of you know new opportunities, challenges, and innovations. And I also do want to share success stories um, with industry pharmacists who have achieved success in their functional areas and their therapeutic areas. So just to inspire listeners and provide a very realistic and genuine view of the diverse career paths available in our industry. And my vision also includes 
offering practical advice for individuals not only looking for a career in the industry straight out of pharmacy school, but then also for individuals looking to transition from traditional pharmacy roles into industry positions. You know, a lot of people don't know um, that that's even possible, but it's actually been very common recently. So I would love to touch upon that. And I also want to promote networking and just facilitating by connecting with listeners, experts, and, you know, fellow pharmacy professionals, because I think it's really easy to connect with someone, you know, on LinkedIn, easy, like, there you go, you connected, but then it's not as easy to maintain that connection. So I really want to touch upon that. And then lastly, just to talk about potential dual degrees that can also help you get into industry like PharmD MPH, PharmD JD, PharmD MBA, that honestly, I wasn't aware of during pharmacy school. And to answer the second part of your question, IPHO was the number one platform I used to help guide me when I was applying to fellowships. And I honestly can't thank this organization enough for all the up-to-date resources that they have. I utilized every single resource they had um, from their careers list to meetings, events, coaching, news, and then, of course, this podcast. So, you know, I actually started listening to IPHO's podcast myself um, in 2021, and I can't begin to explain how much I learned. So I really hope to continue IPHO's extraordinary podcast and just maintain its um, credibility. Yeah, and I think you're not going to have any trouble, especially with the things that you have planned out for the future of the podcast. I think one of the things that I really want to highlight is, you know, that aspect of um, individuals that are transitioning from traditional pharmacy roles to the industry to industry positions, and also, you know, people that want to go for entry level positions straight mm-hmm. out of pharmacy school. I think that's a big area that IPHO is trying to kind of cover now as we're moving into this market where the industry is understanding that. Okay, PharmDs maybe have some role within our 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 kind of companies, and how do we implement them? So I think this is a, a, an exciting chapter for the IPHO podcast, and I know that um, from Sergio and myself and Alex, we're all very happy to have you um, on board and taking over this role. So. Um, as some of you, I mentioned earlier, and I know Rita is going to love talking about this because I, oh, every time on my social media, I'm like, whoa, how does she do all this on top of her fellowship? So Rita has a dedicated social media page that provides individuals with resources to learn more about the pharmaceutical industry. What was that? What was the drive behind that project? Yeah, honestly, thank you for bringing that up, Brian. Um, so honestly, my drive for this account was to just really raise more awareness about the pharmaceutical industry and then help applicants prepare for fellowships. So when I was a candidate myself last year, um, I couldn't help but notice how limited fellowship resources were. Um, And I believe that every pharmacy student should get an equal opportunity in learning as much as they can about the pharmaceutical industry. So, you know, other than IPHO, I had to go out of my way to during my P4 year to understand the ins and outs of the fellowship process. And my main goal for my social media page is just to inform my followers very upfrontly and directly. Most of my friends in pharmacy school were pursuing residencies, but I just knew that it wasn't for me. And I told myself that if I landed a fellowship, I would create this page for students with everything that I learned. So I created this account shortly after I graduated in May of this year. So I laid out some goals for this project, which included connecting with students and industry pharmacists across the country, helping applicants prepare for fellowships, providing fellowship um, preparation tips, just illustrating the role of a PharmD um, within the pharmaceutical industry and all the various roles that we have, um, collaborating with other pharmaceutical professionals and fellows, and, and educating my followers on the 
you know, several and various roles within the industry. And then just overall documenting my fellowship experience in the most realistic and genuine way possible. Yeah, and I can, I can see you're you're extremely passionate about this. Uh, you have great content, very easy to kind of follow along. Honestly, like she puts a little emojis and links and everything. It's it's very um, easy to access. It's like an iPhone versus a Droid. Um, so it, it it just kind of paints this picture. Like to me, is why is it so important for you to continue to give back to your students at this point in your career, to students in general. Yeah, thank you for your kind words, Brian. Yeah, so, you know, having been a student not too long ago myself and recently going through the fellowship interview process, I believe sharing this knowledge with students will really help the next generation build a strong foundation and also gain insights on how they can accelerate their learning about the industry. You know, like my parents engraved giving back in me from such a young age, and I think it's just a part of my core values. I just have this desire to make a positive impact on the next generation. And personally, I benefit from the guidance and support during my own journey as a student. And I feel like I have this urge of responsibility to pay it forward by helping students navigate challenges and make informed choices and just overcome uh, obstacles. And I think it's also extremely important to engage with students, to connect with the future generation of professionals. And it's also important for me to give back to students to promote diversity and inclusion by providing this guidance um, to individuals from, you know, underrepresented backgrounds and just help create a more inclusive professional community. So growing up outside the U.S., I think this point is extremely important to me. And lastly, I would say contributing to students' um, growth and development can really lead to a stronger workforce in the future. And it not, it's not just going to further educate them, but by giving back, it's also most definitely going to help me continue learning. I 100% agree with you. I'm pro talking to students. I'm pro talking to individuals that want to come into the industry, even if they're five years. To me, it doesn't really matter who you're speaking to. At the end of the day, if you're mm -hmm. able to share some kind of knowledge that will help them kind of grow within their professional career. I, I just really don't see how you don't feel good about doing that service. I know for myself and I know for you as well, we both had mentors. We both went through this journey with people. Um, there's a book called Never Eat Alone. Highly recommend. It's pretty much basically says you can't do anything in life alone. And I, and I think, you know, it's highlighted by how you give back and the things that you want to do for others coming. And I think lastly is the kind of the, the willingness and ability to learn from those students. Exactly. We may not, we're not going to know everything at the end of the day. And the older, you know, the more time goes by, the older that we get and the more we lose touch with some things. So um, giving back and being able to get that fresh perspective is always very important. So agree with you 100%. And um, one more thing too, as well, is kind of the inclusivity and diversity um, plug really quickly. Uh, we have an <laughs> IPHL podcast coming out on diversity and inclusivity, and I'm with you 100%. Let's find people that look like us or have students see people that look like us in these positions to say, hey, this is possible. I can accomplish this. I think it goes a really long way. So uh, I'm so excited. I can't uh, stop mentioning, you know, the next chapter of the IPHL podcast. So I know you mentioned, you know, the professional development and some of the personal things that you can grow from this podcast. So how do you see this role as the IPHL podcast developing you as a professional? Um, and why was it important to fine tune these, these uh, certain skill sets? 
So this might sound funny, but I think I have excellent communication skills, but not so excellent public speaking skills. And I see this role as the IPHO podcast host allowing me to really improve my public speaking skills because I'm going to have to speak confidently and, you know, coherently on various topics that I think will translate into better performance in other professional settings like presentations and meetings and conferences, which is super important to me. During my high school um, time in Dubai, we never really had the opportunity for any public speaking um, practice. And I tried my best to volunteer for presentations during pharmacy school, but I still believe that I have a lot to improve on. And I believe this role will allow me to also engage with guests and listeners that would further help me build connections, which can open doors to collaborations, partnerships, and you know any future opportunities. So some other areas and skills I think this role will help me develop as a professional are adaptability, time management, and critical thinking. Um, also with leadership and you know content creation, learning and growth, there's so many skills that this you know being the co-host would allow me to to gain. And I think these skills will allow me to develop professionally. And I think it's extremely important for me to fine tune these skills for my desire for my my personal growth and just my goals and my aspirations and of course my career. Um, adapting to various guest topics and unexpected situations will be extremely valuable as a regulatory affairs professional where no two days are the same, as you may know, Brian. And balancing podcast responsibilities with my sponsor company commitments and Rutgers commitments, my social media page and personal commitments will really allow me to you know, enhance my time management skills, which I'm sure you all know is crucial um, to have in the pharmaceutical industry. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. And so crafting engaging questions and also facilitating discussions, I think, requires critical thinking and the ability to, um, you know, stream conversations, um, insightful directions and another skills, which is super important in the pharmaceutical industry. And lastly, I would say hosting this podcast would also allow me to lead conversations and influence discussions, which is a great transferable skill to take into a leadership role within regulatory. And overall, this continuous learning will contribute not only to my professional growth, but also to my personal growth. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. I think every fellow, so I guess this is not for students, right? So for every fellow listening and for every student that's going to be a fellow, um, you know, after their cycle ends, fellowship does not stop. You don't stop professional and personal growth at that point. Uh, Find those opportunities. See what you can do. It's always about excelling and creating these skill sets and sharpening your tools, making sure that, you know, you are finding ways to develop as an individual, I think is something that's extremely important to myself. And a lot of people is you must grow as an individual every single day. I don't know how you do it, but you have to figure out a way, whether that's taking on projects that weren't on your plate before, or maybe doing something like the IPHO podcast, which, you know, Rita is going to do a great job at. It's always important to continuously grow as an individual, not only as a per- in your personal life, but also within your professional career. So all these things are, you're going to, this is all the things that you mentioned you're going to run into while running this podcast. Um, and I know, you're a regulatory uh, fellow, just like myself. We're both in rotational programs. So what are your goals within regulatory affairs? And do you think there are any roadblocks to accomplishing any of these goals? Yeah, so my goals within regulatory affairs are pretty simple and straight to the point. I want to learn and absorb and grow as much as I can while impacting patients in the most positive way. You know, I want to be responsible for ensuring that our 
our products meet regulatory requirements set by these um, government agencies and other relevant bodies while facilitating the development and approval and commercialization of safe and effective um, pharmaceutical products. And I'm so grateful that I landed my dream fellowship, um, which is as a rotational regulatory affairs fellow. Um, with that being said, I have the opportunity to get exposed to um, GRA, which is global regulatory affairs, reg strategy, reg policy, uh, reg promotions, and regulatory CMC. And in an accelerated time period, which I feel like really tailors to my interests, and it would make me a very well-rounded regulatory professional, and also would give me a very strong foundation and just an, a holistic overview of regulatory knowledge, which is a huge career goal of mine, um, and will also allow me to clarify my interests in this diverse field. Um, you know, I actually remember one of the questions my preceptor asked me during the interview process, which was, he said to write down title, money, and experience. And he said, which one's the most important to you, Rita? I said, without doubt, um, experience is my answer. It's just something that's, you know, invaluable to me. <laughs> um, so that's something that I, I, I don't think I'm going to forget. And I wouldn't say any roadblocks, but more so of things I saw differently than I was expecting before starting my fellowship. You know, starting the fellowship was a lot different than I thought it would be. It was a lot more what you you know, you get what you put into kind of thing. So during pharmacy school, we were always given this list of, you know, exam dates, quizzes, projects. And even though it was a lot, but we were given to it, like we were just given it. And it's like, OK, sure. Checking the boxes. So I thought it'd be the same thing for the fellowship, but it's actually what you make of the experience. And it's definitely more hands off as opposed to pharmacy school. You can't expect this bullet list of things to do from day one. So you need to reach out and seek out what opportunities you can jump into. And I actually really enjoyed this process because I'm taking leadership, I'm being independent, and it's what you make of it. So you need to take advantage and leverage yourself into these opportunities. One million percent. I'll go over a thousand on that. I tell people this all the time. 75% of your fellowship is going to be projects that are handed to you. Hey, can you work on this? Hey, can you do this? Can you lead this? Can you do that? 25% of the fellowship is going to be you seeking opportunities, whether that's you sitting in a meeting and them saying, hey, has anyone worked on this? Well, I think that's a cue for you to step up and say, hey, preceptor, can I work on this? And I tell people all the time, if you sit there and play with your thumbs, you're going to miss out on a lot of experiences that are just passing you by. So what, for those students that end up getting a fellowship, really listen to what Rita's saying is that when you step into those positions, you have to realize at the end of the day, you are going to make your experience what it is. And when you finish fellowship, the expectation is that you're within a mid-level role, you know, manager, senior manager, where you're able to add a value to your team. If you don't have the experience or product knowledge, or you have no idea what you're doing, it's going to be very hard to transition into those roles. So make sure that you guys are making the most out of your time in fellowship. A lot of people envy us. You know, it's hard to get a fellowship and fellowships gives you an opportunity like something like Rita's program where she's able to figure out where she wants to spend a majority of her career in. And that's something that we that I want a lot of the audience to pay attention to. So I know we talked a lot and 30 minutes flies by when you're having a great conversation. So before I let you go, is there something you want to let our viewers know that we didn't have a chance to speak about? You know, I would honestly say one thing to note for our P4 students interested in pursuing a fellowship. Just don't be stressed um, or as stressed as you are right now. You know, do the prep, trust in your prep and remember how far you've come and remember that everything happens for a reason and you may not know about that right now. 
And um, also my Instagram handle for all things pharmaceutical industry related is at the underscore cooking pharmacist. Um, feel free to reach out to me with any questions you may have. And, you know, I'm always happy to help. And just last thing, don't forget to take care of your mental health. You know, go on a walk, enjoy your weekends, and just don't forget to take some uh, some time off for yourself. I think that's just as important. Yeah, and, and just to reiterate, the Instagram handle for all of you that are definitely going to check <laughs> out this page is going to be at T-H-E underscore, underscore cooking, C-O-O-K-I-N-G, pharmacist. Um, go check that out. So with that, that completes our episode today. Big thank you to Rita for taking some time out of your day to do this episode. I'm so excited, as I've mentioned a hundred times, for the future of the future for you and your career, but also the things that you're going to be able to do for this platform. And for all the listeners that have come along the ride with me this last year, I greatly appreciate your support and feedback in making this year a success. I want to leave you all with a couple of words. Be intentional in all your experiences throughout pharmacy school, whether that's IPI, rotation, organization meetings, X, Y, and Z. You just never know who's watching. You never know who's there to lend a helping hand. So introduce yourself, network, and keep knocking down those doors because at the end of the day, your network is your net worth. Feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I will, I will always do my best to lend a helping hand. And take care, IPHO family. Till next time.